and then we can get cracking. Good Yay. evening, everybody. Hello, <laughs> guys. This is going to be a really, really good talk tonight, and I'm really excited. Um, so this is Alessia from Decoaching, and you are all about female empowerment, I want to say, and just like supporting women, especially mums, and making us realise that we can literally do anything we want to do, which is, I'm all about that. I think you're brilliant. I think that's amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to your talk. Um, so you are a confidence and empowerment coach for women, yeah. which sounds, it sounds amazing. That's so cool. And I've been following your Instagram since you got in touch with me. Um, and yeah, I just love everything you do, especially this morning when you had your incense out because I have exactly the same incense and I do exactly the same after the school run, especially this morning because it was hell. <laughs> no, actually, that's a complete lie, isn't it? Yesterday's that I didn't even do this morning. My mom did it. <laughs> yeah, yesterday's was savage. So that's exactly what I do. So I just love everything you do. And I think it's amazing. Um, today, tonight, you're here to talk to us about domestic abuse, um, which is a really powerful subject and um i think you're the most perfect person to speak to us about this um do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us your story a bit about you and what you do and that'd be amazing of course oh thank you that was so lovely <laughs> um yeah so i'm alessia i'm a single mom to three children so i have a five-year-old seven-year-old and a ten-year-old and Basically, I worked with um, vulnerable families for about 13 years. And during that time, I trained in domestic abuse. So I was a freedom program facilitator. And I worked with hundreds of women trying to support them throughout the whole kind of journey of domestic abuse, like before, during and after. So, um, yeah, I've done a lot. And then I guess during that time, I was in an abusive relationship, but I didn't. I, I knew deep down, but I tried to bury my head and I was in denial. And I think because of my position in my work, I almost thought, no, it's not happening because I would know that it's definitely happening you to me. You'd really know. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was 19, I was in a physically abusive relationship. He then stalked me for four years. So I think because I went through the physical abuse, that's how I saw domestic abuse in my head. Then when I got trained, I realized there was lots more to it, but still in the training, you're not really told enough about the emotional abuse, psychological abuse, the narcissism and the gaslighting that can happen. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And that's what I experienced was that and the financial control. So when lockdown happened, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I literally just like, nope, no more. And I attempted to leave quite a few times, um, but fear creeps in and they make you feel like you can't leave anyway. And then I guess lockdown made me go, life's too short because literally things change like that, don't they? Yeah. And I wanted it to be better for my children yeah. and I didn't feel shame anymore. So I literally upped and we weren't allowed to stay in the family homes. We were, um, we fled uh, in lockdown and went into rental. And then I lost my job because of that, because I then couldn't afford childcare to then look after my children. Of course, yeah. Yeah, so it, my whole life literally went like that. But then from that, I was like, okay, so I can either live in this moment of feeling sadness, frustration, and like failure, or I can learn from it and grow and help myself, show my children that you can overcome anything, and then help as many women as possible in similar situations. Sorry, my kitten is lit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a child, it's an animal. <laughs> 
Um, so, so that's what I did. And I created Daya Coaching and um, I just want to help as many women as possible just realize that no matter what circumstance you're in, you can create the life you really dream of. You can overcome domestic abuse. You never get over it, but you can learn to manage it and move forward with it. And you can use it as your superpower. That's, that's I guess, what, what I've done. So, yeah. That's amazing. It sounds like, yeah, you've done so amazingly well. Thank and uh, it must have taken so much like courage to actually leave, especially in lockdown yeah. with everything else, with the kids yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, it's that fear of the impact of that because I had training in that as well. So I'll start yeah. off. But and how did you explain it to the kids? How did you tell them what was happening? I think, so my eldest, so he's 10. So yeah. he was aware of me being quite sad the last few years, I think. Um, and my youngest at the time, so he's five now, so what is he about, like three to four years old? And he he could, children can, can sense tension. So they knew things were changing. So I wasn't in the marital um, bedroom anymore. I was living, living. I was sleeping on my my girl's floor. Was so I guess that, yeah. So I guess that was another sign things were changing. So things I did was, I got books about families that can have one parent. I did lots of discussions with them about the fact that things can change in families and that's okay, but what's important is that everyone's happy and safe. And I made sure I used those two words, happy and safe. So I didn't I didn't make them aware of abuse or anything like that. I just basically said to them that, mummy needs to do this to keep us happy and to keep us safe. Yeah. And that's what I would say to them. And then through play, we would do all sorts of things with dolls and the, my daughter's doll's house. And But books were my saviour. I definitely, there's some amazing books out there. So, yeah. yeah. But it all great. came out after I left. That's when it really hit them, I think. So, yeah, yeah a lot of work then. Yeah. And you say there's a big difference between, like, physical abuse, which I mm -hmm. suppose is what we kind of think of when we think of domestic abuse. We think of... Um, wives being beaten up by their husbands and things like that but yeah. actually the like mental side mm. is equally terrible what kind of different kinds of a domestic abuse is there so there is physical there's there are quite a few but there's physical mm. abuse there's sexual abuse there is um coercion there is um financial abuse there is um physical abuse then you also get um narcissism as well that um i don't find social media and the press really talk about enough and i think that is something that is becoming a lot more well known amongst the the um crowds of people who are victims but not necessarily the right support out there for this so there's two different types of narcissists as well there's covert narcissist that is one where they are very, they're quite quiet. Um, that's what my ex is. Um, they're quite quiet and they are very gentle. They don't necessarily shout. So you'd be very surprised that they are in any way abusive, but actually behind closed doors, it's a very different story. Mm. They're very calculated, very clever with it all. Um, and then you get the overt narcissist who is the life and soul of the party. Everyone wants to be their friend. But again, behind closed doors, it's very different. Um, so yeah, and you get different types of uh, different methods they use within their abuse as well. But a lot of the time, what you will find is with physical abuse or sexual abuse, there will be a form of control within there as well. So the controlling behaviors will be present within those types of abuse as well. And how did it start? 
well, this is the thing. So with um, with my physically abusive relationship, that was quite quick, I would say. Um, but I was quite young. I was 19 and domestic abuse mm-hmm. then wasn't really something that was discussed. And it wasn't really anything that people knew about either. So when I went to the police about it, they did nothing about it because stalking was not a crime then. Yeah. yeah. A big thing, like you hear about it yeah. all the time. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and even the physical side of things, they didn't really do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And there was, yeah, and there was no channel for me to get any support with either. It was just like, just dropped, that was it. Really? So, yeah, it was really difficult. And I was very, um, yeah, I did struggle a lot from that and I got PTSD from it. Um, but you know, I got back up and, and started all over again, mm. but then I had a healthy relationship and then, and then the marriage. So with that one, it was very much a very subtle thing. So yeah. at the beginning it was like a little bit sulking, maybe, um, little jibes about how I might not know something or about something that I did and how I did it. It wasn't right. It was very, very subtle. And then before you know it, you're like, who am I anymore? And you kind of, Really? Forget what the likes and dislikes are you forget who you are you learn not to have an opinion not to have a voice and yeah but it's a very very subtle beginning when it comes to coercion and, and emotional abuse yeah god it's scary isn't it because yeah. i suppose you don't marry them thinking that this is all no. going to happen it just kind of no. props its head up and gets worse and worse and worse yeah absolutely so we were saying if you've got like if you've got a friend who you suspect mm-hmm. is struggling or suffering with this either physical or mental or whatever it might be how do you approach them in a way that's not I don't know I don't even know how to say it how do you approach them about it and like just make sure that they are safe so the key thing is to be open with them and to like open body language and open language so they feel that they can come to you about anything just really listen so don't put any judgment on them and just ask some things like, you know, how's everything going? And you'll probably find for quite a large part of the beginning of them, you know, of your friendship, they will not say anything. Mm-hmm. They will be like, no, everything's great. Cause that's exactly what I was like. You bury your head and you pretend nothing's going on. And then yeah. if you talk about it, it makes it real. And that puts more fear into you. So mm-hmm. patience is key as well. Okay. If you feel like they are in immediate danger and there are children present, then that is something for the person to kind of decide on whether they feel that they need to get other agencies involved. Um, but yeah, just being there is key. Try not to ask too many prying questions because it can, again, yeah. put up the barriers for them and then they don't want to say anything because they yeah. worry that it'll get out, that their partner, yeah. you know, will like, you know, think, oh my God, people are starting to know so what she's saying, you know? So just be a friend just continue being a friend and being supportive and listening and just ask just ask them how they are just mm. check things like that yeah so they know you're there yeah and is there any like red flags that you can look for absolutely i think one of the things is when um people start to withdraw so so do you mean like as in if you see a red flag yeah you- is there anything you can look out for not like you'd be looking for it but like things that would point out to you like oh maybe there's something going on yeah so things like if you start to realize that they've changed in the way that they dress the way that they look and do they look like they are do they still have that spark in them because that's what a lot of my friends and family said after I left was that I'd lost my spark yeah Yeah. 
And when I looked back, I thought, oh, my goodness, yeah. And a lot of the time what they do is they'll isolate you from family and friends as well. So that's another thing for you to start recognizing is like, oh, actually, I haven't seen her for a little while or I haven't heard from them for a while. Like, is everything okay? And Mm. they might be short and sharp with you because they can't be on their phone for a certain amount of time. Like I wasn't allowed to speak to my mum on the phone. Yeah. So so things like that can can really, um, really be quite a strong indicator. So just look at their body language as well. Like, how are they? Do they seem like they are okay to be there or do they seem like they're a little bit within themselves like or do they give you eye contact things like that are they quick to go home are they always checking their phone things like that can be indicators yeah yeah it's a good one to look out for and if you had a friend actually I recently had a friend and I never would have ever expected it but she did come out to me and say that um her husband had done something and it was mm-hmm. it was such a shock because you'd never ever have known yeah um they're really lovely but yeah you never have known but she told me and I just I kind of froze because I didn't expect it at all I just sat and listened to her but I wanted to like help her and like is there like a charity or an organization that helps women or men if they're in a relationship absolutely nowadays that there are a lot of services out there which are really really good so women's aid is one that i'll always tell people to go to because that's a national women's aid um, yeah Yeah. women's aid um your local police if you bring 101 that they are very good at giving advice because they will have a specific domestic abuse team also if you have children you can go to your local children's center that's where i used to work in children's center um yeah yeah so um yeah, they are always really, really good. Also, if you, in your local area, each area will have a different charity. So you need to search your county and search domestic abuse local charities and loads will come up because every county has oh, really? different ones. So yeah. That's and if they were in a really, really bad situation and they needed to leave and get out, mm-hmm. is there like a refuge? Is that the women's yeah. refuge? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so there are safe houses, there are women's refuges out there. Um, you know, if you have space in your house, it'd be really good for you to house them for like a yeah, short time. Anytime yeah. just come. Yeah, and then you can take them to the housing um department in your local council and they will house them or they will find a safe space for them to go to as well before they get permanently housed. Um, again, Women's Aid will give um, support around that. They have a list of refuges on their directory as well yeah that's really good and when you had left i know you do so much with women and building confidence and things did you kind of do that before is this all from your marriage breaking down and the domestic abuse coming through that you learned all of this and developed it all yeah so the domestic abuse i i was trained in that and worked in that for a very very long time for years and years so that knowledge comes from that, but also my personal experience has helped massively because I can see it now from the victim's point of view and I've been in the system of it so I can understand how frustrating it can be and what channels to go down and, and things like that, so yeah. And do you still work in that area or you don't anymore? No, so I do my day of coaching now, but my the domestic abuse training I had and all my experience I do within my coaching now. So yeah, I am developing a specific coaching program for it too. So yeah. That's amazing. And what do you find has helped you the most to like 
like help yourself recover if you have a kid from that? Oh, that is a good question. I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All day, every day, literally. <laughs> positive vibes, positive vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I think I had to do a lot of work on my mindset. So yeah. realizing that I was worth more and that mm. it wasn't my fault and that I wasn't the problem, they were the problem. Yeah. So I read loads of books, loads and loads of books on mindset. I, I did loads of that, listened to podcasts that could support yeah. me with mindset. And um, I started journaling and mm -hmm. I started like waking up earlier in the morning and just having that peace and quiet for like 10, 15 minutes where I could just sit with myself and go, right, what can I do today to make everything that little bit better? And I just did small manageable goals. So yeah. planning how I was going to leave, things like that. So that's what I did and just really built my confidence up to do it. That's amazing. It's so good because you have got an autumn package. Yes, I have. I've been watching, I watched a little bit of your live and then the kids got there. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell us all about it? Yeah, so my autumn package is something that I have developed because I feel like, especially for victims of abuse as well, sometimes the autumn winter time can be really lonely. And, you know, spring, summer, you tend to get out more, your your children can go out and play in the garden, you get out. But when it turns cold and the leaves start changing, sometimes your mood can, can get a little bit lower. So my autumn package is for the woman who wants that boost, the boost of confidence, some support, a listening ear, it's, it's coming to the end of 2022, scarily, and it's just about reflecting, isn't it crazy? And it's about like, yeah, reflecting on the year you've had and what you want to do next and how to get there. So, yeah, it's like a cosy hot chocolate in a mug, basically. Oh, I love that. I want to get involved. It sounds amazing. <laughs> That's really yeah. cool. And I said de-coaching. That's completely pronounced exactly. wrong, isn't it? How did you, how did you say that? It's Dea, so it's Italian, it means goddess. I had no chance to die. It's Italian. Don't worry. Dea coaching. <laughs> you got my name right. I was impressed with that. <laughs> yeah, I was I've, like, I've, 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 right. <laughs> okay, bonus. <laughs> Absolutely, high five. <laughs> yeah. How funny. <laughs> so what else do you do with women because I know when we initially spoke you listed me off so many things that you're passionate about to do with mums and women um yeah. tell us a little bit more about you do what we what you do so I, I, I don't know about you but I felt when I became a mum I almost lost my identity and I very much was like I need to be a mum and that's it I can't have a career yeah. I can't do this I can't do that and yeah. I think I now feel like you can do anything. It doesn't matter if you're a mum, you can do anything. So I help some women set up businesses. I help some women um, go up in their career ladders. I help mums with motherhood because it is hard work and how to Oh jump. my God, isn't it? It's the slime. I'm like done. <laughs> You've got yeah. three as well. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, three is something else, isn't it? Um, and it's Testing. about when, oh gosh. And when you become a mum, you're like, who am I? So, it's, so I really want to help women find themselves again and find, it's like, I'm Alessia. I'm not just a mum, I'm Alessia. You know, and I think it's important for women to understand and recognise that you don't just yeah, solely definitely. have to be there for them. 
you're important as well and that's okay you know because they need you to be strong and feel confident and all of those positive things as well so yeah I very much want to uplift mamas too that's amazing I absolutely love that I'm all about that <laughs> it's so good <laughs> brilliant have you got anything else that you can tell us about tonight with domestic abuse where did you go when you left tell us a little bit more about what happened well, because it was lockdown, it was very hard. So there was a lot of services that weren't able to help me um, and friends and family obviously couldn't. So I'm trying to, you know, a lot of it's quite a blank to be honest, but when yeah. I left, I I did go to my local charity okay. and I did go to um, social services as well. Cause you can do that, you know, like people have a fear around them and that's understandable but they are to her, there to help you as well so if you call the local so my team is called mash but everyone's slightly different so it's like the front line basically if you call them and you say this is my situation this is where i'm at what do i do next as long as they see you safeguarding your children yeah you know and and that that's that's all they kind of want to focus on and then they'll really help you so they never opened a case on me because they saw me as a protective factor and because i'd left the home um but you know because they saw that they just kind of went do this is this see you later it was like that um Um, the police i found that very difficult Um, so yeah that yeah i didn't feel very supported at all with them so i was like okay so you know again i think it's all down to the individual that you have um and you know what your what force it is that you're under in your county um because i know some women that have had really good experiences with them yeah so a lot of it was i just worked on everything myself and then i just got what i needed for my children through their school um so that that's what i did yeah you know where to start and what about your family and things did they have any idea i think my family had uh, they had an inkling because i changed so much Mm. I don't think they realised to what extent it was because I hid so much. My friends, I think in the last year or so, I started to open up to a couple of them, so they were aware. Um, but if people find out now, they go, no way, so really? nice. And it's like, mm. <laughs> so say that after all of that? No. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that it's continuing anyway now. So there's like a term called flying monkeys where they have, yeah. um, they gather people around them and they basically plant a seed about you to that person to make sure that person then goes and tells the whole world about it. So, you know, you'll get all sorts of things said about you afterwards and stuff like that. It's all typical perpetrator techniques. But yeah, so that's what's happening at the moment. (laughs) That's absolutely hell. Yeah. With the kids as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're very shielded from a lot of it now, um, but they do pick up a heck of a lot that you don't realise when you're living within it. Oh, I think you're frozen. Hello. Oh, you're back. I think my internet just tapped out for some reason. I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) Sorry. Don't worry, I was like, uh-oh. 
it's just gone. I promise I'm still here. It's um, living in the countryside, isn't it? It's just there one minute, gone the next. Yeah, it's good. So when when you um, left your husband, did you tell your family or did you organise it all yourself through social services and um, organisations like that? So no, I, I did it all with my family. So um, And I had two friends that were just like incredible. Oh, that's yeah. good. Because yeah. they lived on their own as well. So it was the lockdown where you couldn't see people. So so my yeah. parents didn't help me, but emotionally they were there. Like That's they've been incredible. Like I don't know what I've done without them. Um, but yeah, these two friends just, yeah, amazing. They lived on their own. So they were like, nope, we're going to help you. So yeah. Oh, that's good. so nice. Oh, I'm glad you had, yeah, you had people there. Yeah. And it wasn't just social services and the police. Yeah. That's amazing. You've given us such a lovely talk. Oh, and, uh, yeah it's just it's really nice to just talk about it because no one talks about it really do no, they it's no. like taboo subject in a way Absolutely. i remember when you when you said that you could talk about it i was like oh yeah i really want to talk about it but i don't know if we're allowed which is stupid isn't it because like isn't it like one in four women yeah. suffer with some kind of domestic abuse and one yeah. in eight men or something like that i research yeah, I think it's, um, um, yeah one in six men now and one in six four. Jesus. Yeah. it's mad though isn't it it's mad yeah. it's such a common thing but we just literally yeah. just, no one talks about it Absolutely. Um, but yeah to actually like speak to you so openly and you've been so honest and so lovely and just told us everything i feel a bit like i've pried into it a bit but like you've been oh, so no, lovely no ask away because you know i always feel like i used to believe that I shouldn't say anything about anything like everything's just got to be okay just don't talk about it but now I think if it can help just one woman then I'll happily talk about it so yeah exactly yeah yeah good for you it's so good but yeah it's so nice to talk to you and you've been yeah brilliant yeah. and it's so nice to hear all these like all the red flags that you told us about and like things that people can do to help their friends or their friends yeah. can do to help themselves if they're struggling like yeah that's really really good um maybe you could send all that over to me and then i can post it in a blog afterwards yeah i think that's yeah that's really really good thank you no that thank was, you it's been lovely that's fantastic thank you right i'm gonna end the live but please don't go because i still want to talk to you when we're finished <laughs> Thank you everyone for watching. I hope you enjoyed that. If you've got any other questions for Alessia, you can always find her on Instagram. Um, on oh god, no, help me. Not D coaching, it's spelt D E coaching, but dia dia coaching. I have loved watching all of your lives and your reels and everything. I just love everything you do. I think you're an amazing person. Um, oh, thank you. And um, yeah, I can't wait to keep in touch because I think, yeah, you're an amazing, amazing cool people. <laughs> thank you. Right, I'm going to end the stream before I say anything else silly. because I'm so sleep deprived at the moment because my child just won't go to sleep. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs>